put us on this earth during this specific time right now. Did you know God has a plan and a purpose for your life? Okay, maybe you didn't hear me. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Seriously, like specifically you. God wants to use you to do something that you can't even imagine right now. God's equipping you. He's he's helping you decide right now as a teenager who you're going to be down the road from now. Now, guess what? You're not there yet, okay? That's what this whole series has been about. You're not who you're going to be five years from now. You're not who you're going to be 10 years from now. Man, I hope you're not who you're going to be on Saturday right now, okay? I hope you're going to keep growing. I hope that right now, like, you're wanting to get a little bit better each and every day. I hope that you're willing to embrace this journey of life and embrace this journey of finding what is it that God has put me on this earth to do. Because let me be honest with you. It's one of just the best things you can do with your life. It's figuring out why God has put you in this time to be exactly where you are. Now here's the deal. Sometimes in life, here's what happens. You're in middle school. You're in middle school and you think to yourself, what can I do with my life right now? I'm still becoming, right? I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet. And then you mess around and you get to high school. And when you're in high school, you say, I'm still becoming. I still don't quite know who I'm supposed to be yet. And then you get to the point where you're about to graduate and you're like, yo, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do yet. I still don't know what the future me looks like. And so here's what I want to do tonight is I want to coach you. I want to come alongside of you and I want to help you out with this. I want to push you a little bit. I want to push the ball up the hill a little bit further for you guys here tonight. And the first way I'm going to do that is to ask you a really simple question. But it's a question that if we don't ask this question of ourselves, then we miss out on this whole thing of life. Here's the question. Who is the hero of my story? Who's the hero of your story? Right now, I want you to think about that question in your head right now. You see, the way you answer this question sets us up for the rest of what we're going to talk about here tonight. If you're the hero in your own story, then guess what? Your life is going to rise and fall with how you feel emotionally, physically, and everything else. But if Jesus is the hero of your story, then you can always have hope. Because he came, he lived a perfect life, and now you have someone to put your eyes on, someone to chase after, someone who's willing to do life with you right now. Like I said, you're not who you're going to be 10 years from now. You're going to keep growing. For the middle schoolers in the room, some of our high schoolers too, you'll often find yourself asking the question, what's next? How am I going to fulfill my purpose? What does this look like for me? I mean, this is, this is deep, right? Like, what is this really? How can I figure this out? I'm in sixth grade. I literally was like in the elementary last year. 
God cares about you. And he cares about the decisions that you're making right now. And he actually wants to be involved in those decisions. And so I can remember back to when I was asking this question of myself. And I look around the room and I look at our leaders. And I think our leaders still ask themselves this question because it's a healthy question. Is God, what do you want for me? What's next for me? What is my purpose? Why do you still have me here, right? It's a healthy question. It's something we should be asking ourselves daily. But I remember back to when I had just graduated college. All right. Anybody else in here remember when you just graduated college? Perfect. Do you, did you have all the answers then? Man, I can remember this day really good, okay? I graduated college and I was headed to South Dakota, all right? My goal for the summer was to go and love people, help them have fun, and help them experience Jesus because I was working at a campground of America. That's just somewhere where if you were going camping, you would take your RV there. Um, most of the people who we had in South Dakota were actually going to Mount Rushmore. It was about three miles down the road from where I was at. And so my goal for the summer was just to share Jesus with people. Now that other question that was really looming behind is what's next for you, Mike? Are you, are, are you ready to go into full-time ministry yet? Are you going to go to seminary right after this? What are you going to do? And I had no idea what I was going to do next. My truck had just broken down. It was the last day of college. I was literally going to graduate the next day. My truck broke down in the mall parking lot. It was never going to be used again, okay? I was moving to South Dakota in two weeks, and I didn't know a person there. And I had this one question. What's next, God? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I can remember praying over and over and over again. And, and God, listen, I, I, I want to do what you want me to do, God. But God, I got a lot of school debt. Makes a lot of sense to go into ministry now and start paying on that. But God, I, I don't want to rush this. I want to do what you want me to do. And so week after week went by in the summer. And, and as those weeks started finishing up, I still didn't have the answer, right? Like I still was saying, God, what do you want from me? Over and over again, I found myself coming back to one passage of Scripture. Over and over again, I found myself coming back to this one passage of Scripture, and it's still the same Scripture that, like, really, when I need to make a big decision today, this is the, this, this is the Scripture I go to. And I want to share it with you guys, and, and hopefully it becomes one that you guys go to, too. Got a lot of Scripture we're going to cover tonight, but this one is probably my favorite, okay? Proverbs chapter number 3, verses number 5 and 6. It's on the board behind me. You'll see it there. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The truth of the matter is every single one of us in this room is going to come to a place in our life where we're not ready to answer the question of what is next. Well, we don't have a clear answer of what we should do because both options that we have are good options. But God, what do you want from me? God, how do I answer this question of what's next? 
Sometimes there's not clear right or wrong answers. And sometimes you just feel overwhelmed by your options. Sometimes you wish somebody else would make a decision for you. Oh, this verse. I want to break it down for you. I want to spend a little time and I want to camp out with it because I think this verse has the potential to change your life. Whether you're in middle school, whether you're about to graduate high school, whether you're in college, whether you're an adult and you're trying to figure out what the next decision for you is. Proverbs is written by Solomon. Most of them are anyways. He's considered the wisest guy to literally ever walk the face of the earth, right? And so when he's penciling this one down, when he's writing this down, it's considered um, wisdom literature, right? It's considered stuff that you can actually read. And over time, you'll see something a little bit different each time. And I know this has been true for me in my own life. Like as I've seen this from being a kid all the way to now as a 35-year-old man, like it changes. Let's just take it phrase by phrase, okay? The first phrase, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your, with all your heart. What does that look like? Man, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, okay, to truly give him every part of you. To truly lean in and say, God, here's everything that I am. You know, if you don't have your heart, guess what happens? You die. So you're saying, God, my life is in your hands, like, if I was to do a trust fall off this stage, none of you guys were here to catch me, what's going to happen? I'm going to hit my head. I am. It's going to hurt, right? Thank you for whoever said that, okay? Thank you. All right, that's awesome. I love it. So I'm supposed to trust in God with all of my heart, but there's a next part that comes with that. You see, God, when Solomon's writing this down, he, he doesn't stop there. These are the words from God that he's giving to us here. He says, and do not lean on your own understanding. Here's the deal. Sometimes we think we know what is right. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm only doing this because I know everybody's going to have to raise their hands. Have you ever been so sure that you were right about something and been completely wrong about it? Raise your hand. You know what that makes you? Wrong. Okay? That's what it makes you. Okay? Do not lean on your own understanding. Why do you think we shouldn't lean in our, on our own understanding? We just talked about it. You ever had a feeling and you've been wrong about that feeling? High schoolers in the room, specifically guys. You ever had a feeling about that girl? Man, she's the one. She wasn't the one, was she? Middle schoolers, you'll catch up later, okay? That's what happens. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your opinions. Don't trust what you think is right. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust what's in your brain. Trust what's in your heart. The Lord is supposed to be in your heart. But it doesn't stop there. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? It means with everything we do, every single step, 
that you take. Pursue him. Guys, this is the hard part. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In the moments when you don't want to acknowledge him, guess what he wants you to do? He wants you to look to him. He wants you to follow what he has to say. Now, how do you do that? You have to know what he says. You have to spend time with him. And then we get this promise at the very end of this. He will make your paths straight. He will make your path straight. It tells you that that, that if you follow God, he will show you the way he wants you to go. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to open your Bible and you're going to find exactly what college you're supposed to go to and who you're supposed to marry. But when you're walking step by step next to God, you're following in his footsteps, he's going to show you what to do. So the next time when you have a question, when you really have, God, what is it that you want me to do? What I want to challenge you to do is to lean into your relationship with God. I want you to get closer to God. Get closer to God. That's my main bottom point, everything tonight. Get closer to God. How do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what I intend to answer. That's what I want to push you guys to. That's what I want to tell you. Hey, guess what? That's why we exist here as a church. Because we want to make disciples of Christ. Guess what you're supposed to be? A disciple. Okay? If you choose to follow Christ, then you are a disciple. Unfortunately, most of us in the room are being discipled by something, someone, who isn't pushing you towards Christ. Most of us in the room, maybe we pray. Maybe we give God about five minutes a day. But man, it's going to be really hard to follow him if it's only five minutes of the day, right? It's going to be really hard to follow him if, if we're really not leaning into that relationship with him. If we're not willing to really get closer to him. Talk about that high school guy and he's got the attention of that girl and he wants to know her. You know how you get to know somebody? You spend time with them. You really do. Maybe you call them. Maybe you go out for milkshakes. Maybe you Snapchat them. Whatever it is that you do, but you spend a little time with them. Another passage of scripture I want to share with you guys tonight talks about if you really want to have a relationship with God that is really close, it gives us some action steps. It's found in Psalms chapter number 37, okay? Now in Psalms 37, most of your Psalms are songs, right? They're songs of just like um, either sorrow or maybe of joy. They don't really necessarily teach you how to walk and how to follow God. They show you how to worship him, which is a great thing. This one's a little different though. David writes this when he's the king and and he says this, starting in verse number one. He says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon will fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. 
I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to break this down a little bit passage by passage. But here's what this is, okay? You ever watch somebody who doesn't believe in God, who necessarily, like, they don't have a relationship with him, and it seems like everything in their life is going so much easier. It seems like they can make decisions, like, without even thinking. It seems like everything is setting them up for success. It seems like, like they, they, you know they're doing bad stuff, and they're being successful, and you're not. I do. I've seen that. You ever wonder, like, what's going to happen? Like, God, how is this fair? God, what are you doing? Do you not see what's happening right here? David's writing about this right here. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Here's the challenge for us. If you are a follower of Christ, here's your challenge. Over the next few verses, you're going to see what you're supposed to do. It says this, trust in the Lord and do good. Hmm. Sounds familiar, right? Trust in who? Trust in the Lord. Then you will safely or you will live safely in the land and prosper. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, though. Sometimes it feels like the bad people are getting away with so much more. Verse number four, maybe one of the most misquoted scriptures in all of the Bible. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence uh, radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who, who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. So we talked about verses 1 and 2. To trust in the Lord. We just talked about that a second ago. To give him our heart to truly Lean in to him. That's what he calls us to do. But then look at verse number four. It says what? To delight in the Lord. What does it mean to delight? To enjoy. To embrace. To to find joy. To say, you know what? No, no, no. I'm cool with being with God. I'm cool with my salvation. Yeah, maybe my thoughts, my beliefs are different than this world, but I'm okay. Do you know why? Because I know the God who made everything. He knows me by name. Hmm. Look at that verse again, though. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. I wrote down a few things about this one. I said, when you choose to find your delight in the Lord, when you choose to put your plans in the Lord, when you choose to put your relationships in the Lord, when you choose to put your future in the Lord, he will give your heart what you should do next. He will give your heart the right path to take. When you choose to say, hey, God, here is everything. 
Here is who I am. Here are my plans. Here is everything that I come before you with. Show me which way to go, God. Not when you say, this is mine. God, you can have every part of me except for this. No, when we choose to delight, when we choose to find our joy in being who he calls us to be, it changes things. It changes the desires we have. When we spend time in his word, when we spend time praying to him, when we spend time in D groups, when we spend time with fellow believers and we're actually going after worship with him, Sixth grade boys, our songs don't sound as bad as they actually sound. It changes us. God says you have to find your treasure in me. So stop looking to yourself. Stop looking to the things of this world that you think will make you happy. And listen to what I have to say. David keeps writing. He's an old man when he's writing this. He's writing this to help us understand how we can have a better life. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Give it to him. God, I'm going to follow you. And then in verse 7, he wraps it up. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. He says, stop looking at what everyone else is doing. Stop worrying about all the other things that are going on and look instead to your relationship with God and see how that can change everything about you. It takes me to the last passage of scripture I want to share with you all tonight. This passage is written by Paul. Paul writes this and he's writing to encourage the church at Galatia to truly embrace the spirit, to truly embrace knowing it's okay to not look like the world. Listen to what he says in Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 and 17. But I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see, to walk by God's Spirit means to listen to God's voice and to follow God's lead. And when we do that, Paul says, we'll be able to avoid making choices that God wouldn't want us to make. Here's the thing. Back to the first passage, even David in the second passage, and here's what Paul's saying. He said, hey, listen, you want to know what God has for your life? I think if I asked that question, everybody would raise their hand, right? I want to know what God's going to do in my life. I don't want to know what God really does want for my life. If you really want to know what God has for your life, then you have to walk in the Spirit. You have to choose to follow Him. You have to choose to truly commit to Him. To truly be engaged in an everyday relationship with him. you got to be willing to spend more time in his word. You've got to be willing to find the group of people around you who will help you hear God's voice. Who will help you trust his plans. Who will help you follow his lead. 
you got to be willing to set yourself up for this. Here's the thing. Discipleship is the most important thing you can do. It's the most important thing that you guys can do coming up through high school, coming up through middle school right now is to get plugged into a discipleship relationship. To find somebody who's older than you, who's more mature than you, who knows Jesus just a little bit better than you, and who's willing to pour into your life, who's willing to challenge you, to push you, to help you look and say, hey, I think this is what God is leading you towards. You see, God's given us all gifts and special talents. And he wants us to use those to impact this world for him. But sometimes we don't understand that. Sometimes we overlook that. Sometimes we just, we'd rather skip it because, well, we want to chase after what it is that we want. But what if that's not what God wants for us? What if God calls you to do something different? Here's the thing. The bottom line, get closer to God. Find a way to get closer to God tonight. What I recommend, talk to your leader about discipleship. Talk to your small group leader and say, hey, you know what? Like, I've never been discipled. Would you consider doing that with me? Grab a couple of friends and say, hey, let's read something together on the Bible app. Hey, let's pray every single day for each other. Let's build each other up. Let's encourage one another. Let's choose to chase after a real, genuine relationship with the God of this universe. This week, for those of you who have questions about your purpose, for those of you who are wondering what's next, for those of you who are trying to figure out how you can feel close to God once again. I've got three simple questions I want you to ask yourself this week. Maybe each day or maybe it's every other day, I don't know, but however you want to do this, it's just like last week. I gave you three questions to ask. Simply this, when have I felt close to God in the past? Write that down. Write that answer down. Think about it. How did you feel close to God? The next question I want you to ask yourself is, How can I get closer to God today? Every single one of us needs to answer that question. What does it look like for me to grow closer in my relationship with God today? And the final question you ask yourself is, how do I need God to guide me right now? Where is it that, God, you want me to go? How can I feel close to you again? And here's the deal. When you're pursuing God... When you've got people who are speaking into your life for real, you'll know what God wants from you. When they're chasing after God, when they're truly doing life with him, and you are too, there won't be a doubt in your mind of what God's purpose for you is that day. So I challenge you, find those people. And let's chase after God together. Let's pray together. God, tonight... I've done my best, Lord, to show these students, Lord, the leaders, and God, even myself, God, how to pursue you. God, how to trust you. How, God, Lord, you call us to a true, repentant relationship with you. 
And so, Father, right now, Lord, I just pray that, God, you will convict students, leaders, God, even myself, of any sins in our lives that are separating us from you during this time. And so, Father, right now, I pray that, God, we will take this serious. And, God, we will look to you, God, and we will say we are sorry for whatever those sins are. I pray that, Lord, we will choose to chase after the things that, God, you want us to do. We'll choose to chase after, Lord, the relationships that, God, you want us to pursue. God, that we will choose you over everything else in this world. Lord, let you be what we need in our hearts. Let you, God, be the thing that calls us each and every morning. God, as we get out of bed, let us desire you. And let us look to you, God, in only the way that, God, you can call us to do. Change us, Lord. Be with us as we go to our groups now. Lord, burden our hearts to truly grow closer to you. And I pray to us all in Jesus' name. Amen.